Hello, my friends. Welcome back to The Conversation, the Naked Leadership Podcast. My name is Chad. This week, in this episode, I'm with Dan and Adrian once again. We're talking about gossip culture. We talk about how to identify whether or not gossip is a problem in your company, with your team, and the damage that it can do. And then finally, what we can do about it. I cannot wait for you to get into this conversation. As a reminder, there is a link in the description of this episode. And if you're facing any of these obstacles that we talk about on the Naked Leadership Podcast, or you're looking to create new results with your team, I want you to go ahead and click that URL and send us a message. We would love to talk to you. Now, let's get into talking about gossip. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show, the Naked Leadership Podcast. My name is Chad. I'm here with Dan and Adrian. Gentlemen, how are you? Hey, Hey, good to be here. Good. So great to be with you. So today I wanted to talk about gossip. What do you think? It's so like, you know, we were just talking about you the other day, Chad, and I was bringing up stupid shit. Um, I always want to talk about gossip. (laughs) So um, I think... Man, I don't know if there's anybody that hasn't been a part of an organization that has a gossipy culture. I know that I've been a, a part of a few, um, both in business, religious communities, and where where gossip really run the show. And um, and it's interesting, you know, when I got involved in this work with you guys and Adrian specifically, uh, years and years back, as we were, as my film business was the subject of our conversation, and we were talking about, you know, one of the ideas that always stuck with me is how do you know if gossip is part of your culture or has permeated your conversations? And when, you know, you're more willing to talk about somebody than to somebody, right? Are we talking about each other and not to each other? And that's a really that that was a powerful question for me, especially as a leadership. I was, you know, leading a team of four or five people, and that was ab- that drove our conversations. Mm. We were talking about each other and not to each other, and so that was a really big eye opener for me. And then I took that into you know some other positions that I had with larger corporations. And, and now I get to see it with a lot of business owners that I coach. How, how are you talking to each other or, or are you talking about each other? What's being said? So I know that it's, it's a problem. I know that it's something that's quite common, but I wanted to just explore some of the ideas around it. Uh, how to, how to tell if gossip is uh, affecting the culture of your business and what to do about it. How do we start to talk to each other rather than talk about each other? Or why why do we choose to talk about each other rather than to? So as we talk about gossip, what really how would you how would you guys define gossip or how would you identify if you're coming into an organization and that's one of the things that you're looking for, how would you start to notice or identify whether or not gossip is an issue in this organization? Well I mean, good question, but I think, can I do a little background on gossip? Please, always. Gossip is... If, if my question isn't the great, isn't the first place, no, best place needs, to start, go needs, for it. It needs the best, I mean, I was going to put some background on it. Yes, please. The note that gossip, the gossip, you know, it's, it's an old term. It's I don't know from when, but it literally meant somebody who would stand at your baptism and speak all the things that are great, you know, basically your gifts and why, you know, and what you are, who you are to the community, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
That's who a gossip was. Prior to your baptism, they would speak these things out, then you would be baptized. So, of course, it's transcended from that. It's or it's morphed into yeah different. But it's interesting to note that you know how you you can tell you've got it because people are the first sign I think of a culture that's in gossip is that productivity goes down very quickly, and that what people want to talk about is other people and how other people are keeping them from getting their work done. And you can see people standing around, you know, the classic pictures, standing around the water cooler, chatting, and then somebody walks in and everybody shuts up. <laughs> That's gossip. Because yeah. they, they don't want to say what's there. So, so that, when I think about that, that's a culture, right, where the things that need to be said are only said behind other people's backs instead of in front of them. And it undermines the credibility. It destroys the trust in the culture. So a culture with a lot of distrust is probably, there's a lot of gossip going on. Yeah. Mm. People are not, you know, it's a really interesting thing. If if I say to you, God, I heard Adrian was up against something, blah, blah, blah. And I say something to you about Adrian. The next time you're with Adrian, it'll color the way you see Adrian. It literally will color it. And, and so... Listening for that kind of innuendo makes it interesting. And there are a number of ways to deal with it. But it, you'll hear the innuendo in other people's conversations about how they talk about other people. If I talk highly about Adrian, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. If I talk to you about Adrian and you're saying something great about Adrian and I have to kick in, well, you know, you know, he is, he did this or he did this happened or he failed here. I'm, what I'm doing is that that's, that's gossip. I'm taking, I'm taking him down a notch or two, if I can, in your eyes. Mm. When you just said that, Dan, it seemed to be so natural for you. Right. You've been having these conversations about me? Do we have yeah. something we need to talk about? I, I have to confess. <laughs> it's your beard. It's your beard. It, it, I know. I know. I've been talking to myself about my beard, but it needs some work. The, oh, so um, the I'm jealous of your beard, so that's why oh. I, most people don't know, you know the purpose of gossip is to take you down enough yeah. because I'm threatened by what you're doing or not doing. You know, you're accomplishing something. And one way to, rather than to talk with you or to learn from you or is to tell somebody else about your faults. Yeah. Well, there's a couple components. And yes, I am using Beard Rogaine, if you're wondering. There's a couple components that hit me and it hit me on a, on a couple of group calls I had last week mm -hmm. with a client. As they were talking about, a couple, couple different groups were talking about this one person. So some components of gossip. One is, you know, it's obviously, it's passive. You know, so it, it exists uh, in the dark. It exists around the corner. It exists in the alleyway. It, ex it needs secrecy to really live. It needs to be this hushed. Did you know, you know, hand over the mouth type thing? It, it needs passivity. And so therefore, if you're thinking about from an organizational perspective, you know, it, it is it's kind of uh, it's it needs some cowardice in it. And second is is it's also like half it's half hearted. Like this in the example I was talking about, the, this one guy was bringing up a critique, really, of this other guy. 
that I just talked to, I don't know, the day before or something. And he was saying something half-hearted about him. And I said, well, tell me, what are your full judgments of this guy? And, you know, he and he all of a sudden got really uncomfortable because part of the glory of gossip is that I get to be passive. I don't have to deal with anything. I get to relieve myself uh, and I get to be a chicken and not be fully honest. Right. I get to be half hearted. And that also works, too. When I invited this guy to get really honest about his judgments of this other guy, he didn't want to do it. And he said, I don't want to be disrespectful. That was his BS. I don't want to be disrespectful. I'm like, hold on. Well, you just slandered the guy. And by the way, I don't care. I just talked to him. He might be that jackass. That's cool. But just tell me. Go ahead. Be honest with me about what you really think about the guy. And, you you know, he backed way down, which is funny, which is just like that's the whole like it needs secrecy in order really to work. Well, you know, what were you doing there, Adrian? As you like, as you were trying to get him to be honest about his judgments, where were you going? I was first off. I wanted to, I wanted to turn the lights on uh, from an imagery perspective. I wanted to turn the lights on. Like, hey, let's let's. Uh, uh, here's my assumption. My assumption is this guy probably does live or or is acting a lot like what this guy's judgments are, mm-hmm. which I don't care about. Or meaning, I mean, they're in that that fact. Let's say it's a fact. That's also insignificant. Because whatever was happening is fine. It is happening. Now, it has no bearing on what's possible, has no bearing on what the future is, unless that continues to be chosen. So my assumption is that this guy's feedback that he's giving behind the guy's back and half-heartedly, there's something valuable in there. Because the guy that I was talking to is a pretty top-notch professional. So, But if he settles for gossip instead of feedback, then he's then his frustration will persist and he'll keep blaming that guy. So in that moment, I'm trying to get him, this guy I was talking to, to get honest with himself about what's really going on for him about the other guy he's talking shit about. So, and I'm turning the lights on like, Hey, let's stop playing the game called because gossip's always a game. Let's stop doing the, you know, playing the game called gossip and let's turn the lights on and say, what's the conversation that you really wish you had that you really want to have that, that this guy actually needs you to have, right? What's the real there? Cause what he's not entertaining is if I don't give this feedback or if this behavior doesn't shift, there's a really a shitty future coming or even more frustration, at least more frustration. Even if we just keep it at a psychological level, you know, he's not going to be as happy, but more importantly, it's like there's some outcomes and the guy that was sharing is a trooper. Like he can take it on and whatever. This guy's a jerk, but whatever. I'm fine. But there's other people that are getting, if it's true, there's other people that are getting the brunt of this guy's crappy behavior that can't handle it, that won't be handling it, that will leave the organization, that will shut down, that will blah, blah, blah. So I'm trying to get the guy to like stand out there and say, hey, there's something not happening. There's something happening that isn't working or there's something not happening that needs to be happening for, for it to work. So I'm call, I'm calling him to like, a moment of ownership about his own experience. In, you know, in, the, in light of the ownership, I mean, most people would be shocked to understand kind of the nomenclature culture that gossip comes out of. There's a guy named Helmut Schuch, who he's a, he's a sociologist and a philosopher, and he wrote a book called Envy. And he, he studied, he said, Envy has a nomenclature that shows up in every culture in the world. 
In fact, he asserts that law was actually instituted to control envy. Now, when I say envy, I don't mean jealousy. Most people don't make the distinction. And by the way, this is connected to, to gossip. So I'll get there. But, but <laughs> jealousy is I want what you have can be very healthy. I, I want to be able to coach like Adrian. So, you know, I go and I listen to Adrian. I watch him. I take, you know, get coaching from him and, and, and I can learn to coach from him. That's a healthy jealousy can be healthy that way. And Shook says, but jealousy transforms or morphs into envy when it is when I want to keep you from having what you have. So jealousy is I want what you have. Envy is I want to keep you from having what you have. Very distinct. So how do I keep you from having what you have? And it's interesting because Helmut Schuch said the metaphor, the myth in our culture, in the Western culture for envy is witchcraft. It's interesting, right? That's kind of the, what do you call it, archetype. The archetype is witchcraft, meaning witchcraft casting spells and having people. So if you think about it, if I say something bad about you and, and to, to Chad, like I said before, he that's going to come up in his conversation with you. It's going to undermine his baseline trust in you if he if he listens to me at all about it. Right. So gossip has a purpose behind it. It's usually because I, I don't feel I don't want the other person to have what they have. Uh, uh, I'm unwilling to confront them or talk to them about it. I'm unwilling to explore the situation. So it's a way of underhandedly undermining their credibility. So in politics, you can see it in politically. It, it comes up all the time rather than, you know, I'm committed to an outcome and I'm going to keep my integrity towards that. And so it's interesting, and in, in I, I always find that interesting, the, the whole metaphor of witchcraft, because in the, in the Bible, the only explicit instructions you get from Jesus in the New Testament is around gossip. I mean, he says, where most of the time he gives you this huge, you know, kind of an open-ended answer where you get to decide. When it comes to gossip, when it comes to an offense, like if I'm upset with Adrian or I'm upset with you, it's three basic steps. I go to Adrian. I tell him I'm upset with him. I try to work it out with him. If that doesn't work, then I might call you, Chad, to come in and sit down. And then I mediate between us. And then if that doesn't work, I might take it to a council, you know, to council. And that's the instruction. So what from that, I we've always derived, I know, Adrian, we do this, is if you say something to me about Adrian, I'm going to say to you, well, you know, you've got 24 hours to tell Adrian, then I'm going to go to Adrian and talk to him because I don't want this in my bones. I don't want I don't want to carry your offense around with Adrian. And that's kind of that's how it starts to clear up, because then people think, well, gosh, you know, I better go talk to him. And because when people start clearing that stuff up, then the conversation, the gossip can be positive about each other, if you will, because there is something very strong about speaking highly and authentically about somebody you work with. It creates a sense of unity on the team, right? In, in that sense. Yeah. I mean, in the specific example that I was making, what was interesting because I always ask when somebody's got judgments for somebody, and I don't mind people's judgments. We all have judgments. We all do. have judgments all day long about things. Um, when I have a judgment about someone, or and when a client does, I always ask, "Have you talked to them about it?" And I usually know the answer before I ask that question. But their answer is no. 
right. they have, <laughs> yeah, they haven't talked. They haven't talked about it. And I'll and I'll and they don't just say that though. They say I haven't talked to them about it, and then they go on and tell some story about why they can't. Right, and usually, like in this conversation that I'm alluding to, the guy's busy. Right, I don't have the bandwidth. I'm overwhelmed already. And blah, blah, blah. And I'll then usually just do some forensics. Well, how long do you think this conversation is going to take? That's an annoying question. And he'll say, I don't know. I'll say, well, let's say the conversation would take five minutes. And now do you have the time to have the conversation? Yeah, but, you know, and they got to go on now because now they've had a time. They haven't had the convo because of time. And now I'll say, let's say it doesn't take any time at all, which I say, by the way, it didn't. It doesn't. Most of these quote unquote hard conversations that we don't have and we settle for gossip instead, they don't take an hour. They really don't. It could be a three minute conversation. This thing in particular, the guy was telling the other guy that he didn't like a story and then the guy was reporting it up the chain and then he heard from up the chain a different story than what he told the guy. And I said, well, how often does this happen? He says, this guy does this a lot. And I said, great. Have you talked to him about it? He said, no. And he goes the whole song and dance. And I said, well, imagine if what's going to happen to this relationship if you keep believing this about this guy. Yeah. How much time you're going to spend now avoiding him or communicate double. This is this is what's hilarious. He's going to now tell this guy this thing and tell the superior the thing because this guy's probably not going to say it right. And now for a guy that says he doesn't have time, he's signing up for communicating twice. So this is where all of our hypocrisy starts to get on display about what we must do to keep up our own bullshit, you know, because I just don't want to go face the conversation and say, hey, man. Yeah, I heard back some feedback and I, th- I think it was different than what I told you. Let's just talk for a minute about what happened, because I, I want to make sure we're on the same page. And it's interesting. There's, there's a motive, right? I mean, really, you don't want it because you're using it. Yeah, that's right. You're that's right. right. You're busy playing politics, which that's doing. right. That's right. Working witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, so that's the, that's the upside. I mean, the upside of gossip is I get to assign roles. Really, I'm the hero of the story. This person's the villain. This person's yeah. the bad guy. I'm the good guy. I'm the victim over here. That person's the persecutor. You know, I'm not seen. I'm over. You know, it's like I really get to assign roles if I'm the gossiper. Right. Because nobody's going to call me on it. And most people will co-sign it, even even passive. I mean, if you're listening to this, how much gossip do you entertain? That's a great question to ask yourself. (laughs) You know, I was going to say, you know, they have these super they could talk about super spreaders with COVID. Well, they're super spreaders with COVID. Right. They're the guy 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 that everybody comes to to talk to about somebody else. Yeah, they put they set themselves up, but well, you know, people talk to me. I they they console, they confide in me. Confide in me. Yeah. I know what everybody else thinks about everybody else. Yeah, you find them in the middle of everything. So you, they're the they're the the ringleader, if you will. Yeah, and sometimes HR offices become the gossip corridor. Oh man, they can't sure. have all the info. They certainly have that potential. That's why a good HR person's buttoned up. You don't yeah. hear anything. Yeah. Yeah, but if you're just hearing all the stories about everybody with no tools or or commitments to finding ways to talk about these things, then that's what it becomes is just a gossip. Well, I can I know I can go in there and I can talk about these people and there's no consequences, but possibly I get knocked up a notch, right? I get I get boosted up a notch because I I'm knocking somebody down. 
there's there's an interesting the other thing I wanted to talk about in this conversation is competition. Because I think business has a natural competitive dynamic to it. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just does. It, you you so compete good. for salaries, you compete for positions. There's only one of those positions sometimes or or a couple. And you are, you know, we, we've been re-watching the old seasons of Survivor. Katie and I, and just because I love it. I love the human dynamic. I love what shows up when people are are fighting for a position and ultimately a reward. Um, and I just, I see so many parallels, but I, I just, so I'd love, what connection is there between competition and gossip, if there is, that you guys see or that you explore or have thought about and is competition is it a healthy thing for your organization to have some competition in it yes <laughs> all of the above, of the above. <laughs> um, that's that, that's a complex question yeah so let's do the uh, let me go after the the connection between gossip and competition okay um, so I'm going to talk about healthy and unhealthy competition, but competition generally not checked, unconscious, leads to envy. That's what Helmut Schuch says, the the polemic, the, what happens in relationship that produces envy is competition, right? I want what you have. Mm -hmm. And if I can't get it, then I want to keep you from having it. Mm -hmm. And that comes out of a competitive sense. And so the, the delusion that envy is comes out of uh, an, a, a perverted sense of competition. That since I can't have what you have the way you have it, since I can't beat you at your own game, then I'm going to keep you from getting what you deserve from whatever you're good at. Now, healthy competition is checking oneself and re, you know keeping perspective and then giving yourself it. You can certainly... I love competition. It gets the most out of me. At the same time, you think about it, a good sport is somebody who knows how to compete and they know how to lose as well as how to win. Mm -hmm. the, the losing and the winning is about learning, celebrating, you know, progressing, you know, the team moving along, etc. Unhealthy competition is about me elevating myself at the cost of others. And, and using gossip and slander, tailbearing. There's three forms. There's gossip, slander, and tailbearing, right? Gossip is like we just make innuendo, et cetera, and we talk about each other in that way. Slander is I make an accusation against you that's not true. You know, like uh, Chad's a bank robber, and he's not, right? Yeah. And, and then tailbearing is telling stories that give innuendo about your lack of character and how come we, you are a bad person and people should stay away from you. So those are, you know, so that, that, and those, you can see how those would help in trying to get the upper hand in competition, right? You can see yeah. how they fit in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I, I would answer yes to it as well. I mean, I'm a very competitive person. I, I tend to only like coaching competitive people just because usually, I mean, com competitive people are naturally very excitable yeah. and I like excitable people and they like, they also see life as a game naturally. And if you can see life as a game, then you're usually pretty versatile in what you're up to. Um, and you have some kind of goal in mind, 
right? So that's why I think I like competitive people. I tend to be one. There's also, I can be a, a, a healthy competitive person or an unhealthy competitive person. You know, I've been uninvited to many game nights. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so, oh, I relate so deeply to that. You know, so, you know. I've gotten, I've gotten a many elbow from Katie. Yeah, it's like, hey, relax, man. It's just taboo. I'm like, but come on. <laughs> Push the buzzer. It's the time was out. The time listen, are we here to, are we playing by the rules or are we making our own rules? What are we doing? Yep, exactly. Anyway, there, you know, it's I think the natural kind of easy questions are who are we who are we competing with? That's you know, am I competing with others? Am I competing with myself? Am I competing with our competitors out there in the market? Those are there's different levels of kind of life and vitality that comes with whatever adventure you decide to choose. Um, but even, I mean, for me, it's do I want a, the healthiest second and third place people around me? You know, am I am I willing to compete in a way that brings other people with me, or am I do I just want to pummel the person? Do I need to make them the, – the dynamic for me is like, do I need to make them small for me to feel big? Yeah. And too many times, That's yes, the, I go after lowering them instead of really elevating – naturally elevating myself or making the game more, you know? Jung, so, Jung, Jung talks about that projection of the little man, right? The, you know, the um, – What are you saying about me? <laughs> that's right like that like it's if i have to take you down it's not because you are you're too i'm too small in my own eyes so i can't be magnanimous i can't i don't get i can't appreciate your victory i can't learn from your victory i have to undermine you and I, there's no deep there's no respect really because i'm i'm basically using whatever i'm doing to to build myself up because i I think it's a statement about me if I lose the competition. Mm. So, I mean, I think there's really something to be said about learning how to lose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I know that it's a lot more complex story than this, but this is kind of like the premise of Nancy Kerrigan and the whole, all of that stuff, right? Like the, the, the confidence in being able to win was not there. And so there had to be some other way of cutting the competition down um, so that, that, they couldn't even compete in their eyes, right? So it's it's, it's interesting. Uh, the great equalizer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, that kind of natural either or thinking that shows up so easily. Either I win or they or they win. Yeah. You know, either I win or I lose. Um, that type of pretty scarce view. Instead of like, how do, how do I win? How do I help them win? How do we both win? What's the best this thing could get? You know, how do, you know, anyway, there's lots of other frameworks that I think generate so much more belonging and connection and authentic, you know, so many sports analogies come to mind, but about what's possible if a team works together to win the most, you know, I'm thinking about cycling or whatever, and I'll, the whole drafting metaphor yeah. Um, and then wanting people to get be close to you, you know, that's because you'll need them later, that that type of thing. And respecting your the foe. Right. I mean, I watch MMA a lot. It's a brutal sport. Brutal. But there's nothing more empowering to see two guys after they've gone at it, get up and respect each other, not down each other. I just, you know, just 
you can tell that and you can see it. They respect each other because they're both dangerous and maybe one lost, but the, they know that it could go either way, right? There's parody. And so there's a, there's a humility and it always good to see, I think. Yeah. So obviously, I think to your question, Chad, like gossip, you know, gossip's obviously a tool if you want to diminish someone else mm-hmm. uh, or to play this political game, thinking that I can only become if they are less, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a coward's game at the end of the day. You're always uh, focused on the other guy. Yeah. 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 There's so it's, it's also it's a trade. I mean, something else I think I forgot to talk about earlier. It's, you know, it's, typically it's a trade in power. Mm. You know, it's a it's a dynamic where, you know, respect, respect in a culture is pinnacle. You know, trust in a culture is pinnacle. And, you know, if I'm gossiping, I'm like tarnishing that other person. Right. So it's a power move. Obviously, it's a political move. Yeah. And and in and, and that way, it's like, you know, really it starts to like at some point you're the one that's damaged. At some point, you're the one nobody trusts. At some point, you're the one that nobody's really honest with because, you know, you're just the next, you know, if you're the gossiper, people are going to start distancing themselves from you and, sure. and you've earned it. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's, a, there's an old saying that two rabbis were talking and one had gossiped about the other. And so he, the one who had been gossiped about confronted him and said, hey, you know, you were gossiping about me. And the rabbi says, oh, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. And he asked for forgiveness. And the other rabbi says, I, I do forgive you, but let me give you an idea of what happened here. He takes out a pillow and he opens it up and all the feathers go into the wind. And he says, now you've released all these feathers into the wind. Who's going to go get them? Mm. Right. Because right? that's that's what Impossible. happened. Yeah. Right? yeah. Other people are going to be carrying the offense. Right. Mm. So so there's a lot to think about in that one. Always good. I don't think you can, I don't think we can have too much of a conversation about it because it's so easy to do. I've done it millions of times. I, you know, we have a little thing in our family where it's like, who are you talking about? How, when are you going to talk to him? I assume it's like, how, how long is, because it goes into the body, especially about family members. Yeah. 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 What do you guys think about, like, if you've been, if let's say you've been gossiped about, how ought we respond to that? Go to them. Like, the, you know, the Matthew 18 thing. Go go. just, hey, man, I just, I heard this. I don't know. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about it if there's something there. I want to be open to. The idea is to go reconcile, right? Because there's obviously a, there's a disturbed, the peace has been broken. If I'm gossiping about you, there's something about my peace towards you that's been broken and can be reconciled. If I if you hear it and you come to me, then I have a chance to reconcile. Yeah. Is there a piece of that that I can own? Yeah. I mean, that's my that's that's my first reaction is like, oh, I want to talk to them. Is there something there that I can own? Is there something there that we could yeah, reconcile is a great is a great way of putting it and bring things back into balance to where they don't feel like they need to to spread anything. Yeah, be at peace with one another, to restore that sense of peace where I don't have to feel like I have to down you to feel yeah. about our relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a more common reaction is, is a, is a gossip back, right? <laughs> I mean, that's like <laughs> fire with fire. Oh, but did you hear that they did this or they do this or media? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And I'm thinking, you know, especially if you're a leader and you're listening to this, if you're a leader, people are gossiping about you right now. Oh, and they just did it again. And they just they just did it again. You know, they're probably gossiping about you right now. Your people are somewhere in the organization. Even as they listen to this podcast. Right now. Yeah. And again, they just did it again. So and what what that is from a leadership perspective is there there's something about you. There could be, let's just say it that way. There could be something about you that tells them this, that you don't want to hear it or, you know, you'll resist it or their job will be at stake or they don't know what the retribution will be or there's some kind of fear happening. And especially when it comes to senior leaders, if you catch wind of things being said about you, which there are things already right now being said about you, that's not being brought to you. Uh, I would strongly suggest sniffing those things out for you not to go find the gossiper, but to go find what you're not hearing, because probably your growth happens in the corners of the organization. Yeah. You know, and so go find it so you can learn from it, number one, and then go find it so you can generate in a more of an effective communication pattern underneath you. Because you can literally go and once you find out what's being said about you and find out who's saying it about you and go have a conversation with them, not to rebuke them, not to correct them, not, you know, but to really go listen and then to catch them. Not and but I don't mean catch them in a negative way. I mean, really to go understand, understand. Yeah. And to be with that person. And then you can literally say, hey, next time you're frustrated like this, can you come to me? Would you, can, would you would you come to me instead of talking to somebody else about it? And that's a, that's a, just a very straightforward request. Yeah. And then the person's going to say yes. And then when they don't do it next time, then you can actually generate the next conversation, which is now now it's actually a forthright conversation about trust. Yep. Because that person that now is lying to you and you pay their paycheck is probably doing this to a lot of people. And if they're not willing to generate trust above them or to speak truth, especially when you've told them, hey, come bring it to me, then they're probably cancerous in the organization. And they and you need to have a different conversation with them because they are a gossip. Yeah. Um, but my, yeah. So my point is to go make the request. If you sniff out the gossip, then just make the request that it cease and instead truth telling happen. You remember just the gossip levels credibility. And if you level credibility, you slow the organization down. Yeah, because I did like um, I think as Covey said, he wrote the book "The Speed of uh, Trust." It's very true. Things move at the speed of trust. So reduce trust, reduce rate of motion. Yep. Yeah. I love that you talked about that, Adrian, and what we can actually do to instill an organization or, or create an organization that's less apt to gossip and more apt to talk to each other. And I'm wondering. Is every problem, uh, I won't label it a problem, is every um, thing that's not working in an organization or in the business a leadership problem? Like, can it be, can it always be addressed and corrected top down? Or are there things that are bottom up of almost like a groundswell? Like, I, I, I believe, you know, I don't believe, I don't know. I'm I, What I'm suggesting is that there's, you know, gossip is possibly a bottom up sort of thing starts to happen. It, it could, it could be from the very top, but maybe not. Um, but I'm just wondering what, 
level of influence as leaders do we have on our organization to make it a organization that talks to each other rather than about each other? Well, I would say gossip happens in the void of leadership. And what I mean is people gossip instead of doing something that a leader would do, which is to get clear about what's really happening, get the facts on the table, line that up with the vision, go have the right conversation in the right time with the right person in the right way in order to move the thing forward. That's what a quote unquote leader would do. Mm-hmm. And when you're not like, you know, somebody that's being a leader in the moment, would actually be, be having a generative, productive conversation. And gossip is far from that. So I don't know that it generates from a lack of leadership above, but it definitely it comes from a lack of leadership internally with yeah. whoever is being a gossip in the moment. Yeah. yeah. And great, great distinction. Are we talking about leadership titles or are we talking about leadership as a, as a person yeah. from inside? I was going to say, as a phenomenon, leadership, it gets, emerges. And, you know, if you, any leader, anybody who's in a leadership position knows that everybody's leading at one time or another if they're really mm-hmm. smart, right? So there are people that are like you're, you've led in our organization at times and, and where, you know, we're following you, right? Because we know better that, that you know better, at least you're demonstrating a higher level of competency and we need that for the vision, right? Mm-hmm. And then that, that is interchangeable. So I think what Adrian says right on is that, and really leadership is that willingness to take action on the vision and really get the facts on the table, as he said, but really to, to step forward, mm-hmm. right? And to draw attention to it because what happens is people see themselves at the bottom of the organization. What a great story. Well, I'm just at the bottom. I can't make a difference. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything. But when yeah. in fact, and, and then you complain about how come you don't advance in the organization. When That's advanced right. in all the, in all the estimate, all the studies is a result of answering challenges. So there you are and you hear gossip going on. You want to advance. Then you, you go intervene in the, the gossip, invite, the learning. And if that doesn't work, then you're in an organization you probably don't want to be in, probably. Yeah. If, if they can't hold that conversation, you're probably going to find that that's not a place you want to invest too long in. Yeah. I was in a discovery conversation with a business owner the other day, and he was talking about his team and how, you know, how to set up his leadership and what he, you know, how he wants his leaders to, to show up. And, and he has a very hierarchical vision of his the leadership of his organization and i asked the question that ended up being a really powerful question for the conversation to further the conversation was just said how many leaders do you want in your organization and it kind of like at, at, on the on the surface that's a weird question like how many leaders do i want you know and but it led into a conversation of everybody leads at one time or another So your hope, or at least my hope, if I'm in your position, is that every single person in my organization is a leader in some facet or another, but also every person is a follower, right? And that, that creates the kind of organization that he says he, he wants, but yet his mind is still in this idea that there's a, a, there's a tree or a triangle of leadership in his organization and the guys at the top are the leaders, the guys at the bottom, guys and gals at the bottom and top, they're the followers. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and so that, 
so it's important in this conversation we talk about like is gossip a leadership uh, problem? Yes, but there's everybody. Hopefully, everybody in the organization is a leader. Yeah, you, you're hitting on. There's a great book called Leadership Paradoxes: Rethinking Leadership for an Uncertain World, and by this guy Richard Bolden, uh, Morgan Witzel, and um, Nigel. Lineker, they're big researchers on leadership, and it's remarkable. It talks exactly what you're talking about. About that's a very different paradigm of leadership, and that they go through these paradoxes that every we all have to navigate. And and by connecting with each other, and and it's interesting because leaders can take over when they need to, and great leaders know when to follow. <laughs> and, you know, there's, a, there's another book out there called Stealing Fire. They talk about the research that the um, armed forces are doing, special forces particularly, in leadership and how much money they invest in SEAL Team 6 to get somebody to SEAL Team 6. And all they're working on is do they go outward to the team under crisis or do they go inward? Because the people who will train themselves to go outward are leading. They'll lead and they'll take action. And they know they're. it's like symbiotic. They know one guy's leading for a while and they're going into these places because it, it's who, when they raid, it's like not who to shoot, it's who not to shoot. Mm. And, and the leadership position changes as they go through the raid and it's all very symbiotic. Very interesting. Well, I, I would just, to that point, Chad, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a minimalistic view to think there's leaders and followers and you're going to have that view to your own demise. Yeah. Then you're, you're, you are inviting people to not take 100% responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I, when I think about leadership, I think that self-leadership is the most important thing I'm ever going to do. How am I leading myself? And if you're in that conversation, well, first off, if you generate that in your organization, that everyone, the first job is to lead themselves with excellence or whatever, say however you want, but to lead yourselves with responsibility and excellence then nobody's off the hook. We're all on the hook for how every single person's behaving. And nobody gets to, I mean, everybody is responsible for how they're behaving, period. And it, part of, I mean, gossip is an ethical dilemma, right? It's, 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 it's an ethic. Like, what are we settling for? And how evil will we be, really? And you want that, you can only drive that down, though, is if you've raised the conversation that leadership, everybody's responsible for how they're leading themselves, because they all gossip as a reaction to something that's happening internally for them, right? It's like the easiest, it is the sweet fruit, you know? It's the really fun to do it. Yeah, It's a reaction to not knowing or not being willing to do something else, which is more responsible and harder, like have a conversation or get over something or to forgive someone or to, you know, you know, accept reality that, oh, I don't get to, I, I haven't earned my way to be the CEO, so I don't get to complain about the CEO. Like that's a tough thing to swallow. Mm. So, but you know, a somebody that's leading themselves, they'll then will choose something that's healthy. So, you know, but my point being that if you don't drive down that everybody is a leader, everyone is a leader. Period. And I say anybody that says that I want X amount of leaders in the organization is off the you know off the reservation. Period. Because everybody is always leading themselves. Always. Like it's like gravity. Now they might be leading themselves really poorly or leading themselves irresponsibly or leading themselves like my four-year-old does. Or outside of the vision. Or outside the vision. Yeah. They're, they're just, they're just that, you know, they're leading themselves via their emotions. Yeah. In and reality. Via their own convenience. 
and via their own ego, but they're leading themselves some way. And so to have this conversation about gossip is to set some principles in place that here's how, here's what works for us in the organization. Here's what doesn't work for us. And one of the things, the type of thinking that shows up as gossip, we got to talk about that and we'll talk about it every time, every time it's happening. Yeah. I mean, one of the first guys that I heard to speak about this as a, as a policy is, you know, Dave Ramsey who's very popular and, you know, millions and millions of radio listeners. And he talks about finances, but he does this entree leadership thing. And he's the first guy I, ta- I, I ever heard just say out loud, we have a zero gossip policy in our company. So you get one warning and then you're fired. If you're gossiping about somebody, you get one warning and then you're fired. And that's, you know, he has set the rules of what, you know, and I don't know how, what it is internally, but at least principally, he has just, you know, decided that, that that's what doesn't work in the organization. So I don't know how they generate ways to get the conversation that would have been gossip into something productive. Um, but anyway, that's that type of stand that I think is usually needed if this is happening and it is happening in most organizations that people are listening to this. Yep. Fantastic. A lot here. Yeah. yeah. Great. Thanks for bringing it. Good to be with you guys. Yeah, man. Great to see you again. Yeah. Can't, can't wait to do it again. Any listeners that have any gossip about us, we'd love yeah. to hear it. Um, <laughs> you can leave some comments. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much, gentlemen. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, guys. Bye-bye, everybody. Well, friends of the podcast, thank you so much for joining us this week. If this podcast has helped you or entertained you at all, we encourage you to go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and a glowing review. That'll help us reach more people and grow this community. And finally, if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can email me at chad at takenewground.com. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll meet you back here next week for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast.